The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning here on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm flying solo again this morning. James has, uh, has disappeared off to Manchester to a place in the Sun exhibition. So, unfortunately, you and the listeners have only got me this morning. He knows how to live, doesn't he? <laughs> okay. One of the basic human needs is a roof over our heads, and whether we rent or own our homes, frequently our biggest expense, and for many of us, our largest asset. The taxes and rules associated with property seem to constantly change, and as France has recently introduced a new declaration requirement, it seems like a very appropriate subject to discuss this morning. But before we discuss property, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, before I get to the news, Howard, I must say thank you to all the listeners who got in touch after I mentioned last week that NatWest has decided to close bank accounts and shut down credit cards of their EU resident clients. We will continue to highlight issues we feel the Riviera Radio listeners should be aware of that might not be mainstream or headline grabbers. Now, turning to this week's news, obviously in the UK, the news was dominated by what has been positioned as Rishi Sunak's new Brexit deal. I might be completely wrong here, but that sounded like, or more likely, someone has, has made, made maybe a rod for his back or a big stick to beat him with when things go pear-shaped. The Windsor Framework, as it's been named, lays out the plans for trade and the movement of goods and future legislation. We are told that it's designed to cut bureaucracy and the dysfunction between mainland Britain and Northern Ireland. European, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen hailed the agreement as a new chapter in our partnership that will foster a stronger EU-UK relationship, while Sunak claimed the new agreement and an end to any sense of a border in the Irish Sea. As with everything, the devil will be in the detail, which I'm sure will trickle out over the next few weeks and months. Rishi Sunak and his counterpart across the channel, Emmanuel Macron, are both facing severe strike actions at the moment. Sunak has to deal with the emotive issue of nurses and the medical fraternity taking industrial action, while Macron is bracing himself for Tuesday, when French unions have threatened to bring France to a standstill over his plans to increase the French state retirement from 62 to 64. Maybe in an appeal to the generation that will probably be most affected by the, the retirement age change, the President this week announced via a YouTube video, very new, <laughs> a multi-billion euro decade-long plan to revamp the French, network, French rail network. He announced regional projects in 10 French cities, which cities are yet to be announced, but Macron said it will bring them up to speed with a hybrid commuter, com, hybrid commuter rail and rapid transit system which will boost France, fulfil its ecological ambitions and draw the face of France for tomorrow. Very grandiose statements. Let's see what happens on Tuesday, eh? I was pleased to read this week that the Senate has also approved a limit to the fees that banks can charge on accounts of someone who's died. An amendment to the Bill on Protection of Bank Clients removes fees on small estates of less than €5,000 and sets a ceiling of 1% on an estate's value. French fees are three times as much as those in Spain, twice as high as those in Belgium and Italy, while fees applying to a deceased person are actually banned in Germany. And finally, however, after explaining last week that the EES entry and exit system has been deferred from May until what was described as later in the year, maybe November, unsurprisingly, it was announced 
that the ETIAS, the European Travel Information and Authorization System, will now not be operational until 2024. So although shiny new machines at Nice Airport will have to stay wrapped in cling film for just a little bit longer. Yes, showroom dummies. Yeah. I understand though all French property owners must now make a new one-off declaration. What's that about? Yeah, um, as you say, millions of French homeowners now have another declaration to complete and it's primarily due to the, the tax d'habitation reforms. Over the past few years, tax d'habitation has been removed from main homes. It's still due on second homes and other properties that are available to live in. If you have to pay tax d'habitation, you'll be billed based on the property you own, rented or occupied on the 1st of January. The similar tax, tax sur le logement vacant, which is levied on empty or unused properties, also still applies. So to clarify who needs to pay both these taxes, the DGFIP, the Direction Générale de Finances Publique, now requires all homeowners to complete this new declaration. If you have a French property, whether you live in it or not, you need to make a declaration. Even if you think you're exempt from tax debitation, you still need to make a declaration. The DGFIP estimates 34 million homeowners and 73 million properties are affected. Now, everyone who pays French tax, and that includes non-resident second homeowners who pay property taxes, will have a numero fiscal tax number. So you need to go to your personal space at the import.gov.fr website and complete the declaration documentation for each of your properties. You must declare who was living in the property or had the use of it on the 1st of January 2023. And for many of us, the information will have been completed by the tax office. So in theory, for many of us, it would just be a matter of a few clicks to check it's correct. The form only needs to be filled in once unless any details change at a later date. So who still has to pay the tax de habitation? The, uh, the phasing out of tax debitation has been gradual, but, but from 2023, no households will pay tax debitation on their main residence. As I said previously, second homeowners will still be subject to the tax and they will be billed according to the property that they owned, rented or occupied on the 1st of January. Tax debitation is paid by the household having the use of a residence um, residential property and the, and the property must be used for private purposes. Now back in 2018, the, the budget then that the government announced planned to gradually reduce tax debitation by um, before or by 2020-23. No households will be liable to, to the tax after that day on their main residence. I always thought it was strange, but this tax also applies to caravans and mobile homes, but not if the surface area was less than four meters square. And tax debitation wasn't apportioned if you moved into a property after the 1st of January. Tax debitation is raised and spent by the local mayor, and it's calculated on a notional rental value of the property, multiplied by the tax rate fixed locally. The rental value is assessed by the land registry, the cadastre, to which you must send a notification of any improvements or changes you've made to the property within 90 days of completion. Since 2015, Marys have also been able to increase the tax debitation on second homes by actually up to 20%. So what's the situation with the tax foncier? Tax foncier is, is paid by the owners of a property at the 1st of January of the relevant year, irrespective of who occupies it 
and there are no special release for the main home. So if you sell the property or our property partway through the year, the tax will be apportioned by the notary dealing with the sale. The tax is divided into two parts, tax on the building and tax on the land. Unlike tax debitacet, it's collected by the local tax office. The building element is based on the notional rental value of the property. The land element is based on the national rental value. The calculation also considers the number of people who occupy the property. There are numerous exemptions such as farming land, forests, swamps. There are also favourable rules for, for such things as the loss of crops, loss of land, following extraordinary events or the, the lack of livestock. These are just to name but a few. The tax is paid on any building that's habitable, whether it's occupied or not. So it doesn't apply to barns or other buildings used for, let's say, agricultural purposes. New houses or renovated properties used as your home are actually spurred tax financier for the first two years after construction. Renovated properties can also benefit from an exemption if reconstruction or additional construction work has been carried out to change the shell, the size or the surface area of that building. We of course can't talk about French property without discussing that dreaded wealth tax. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not just French property, Howard, which impacts French wealth tax. It's worldwide property. During the first five years of residency, the value of your non-French property is excluded from the wealth tax calculations. Impost sale of fortune immobilia to give it its proper title. But that doesn't mean it can be completely ignored. Opinion is split. But more and more, more and more French accountants and tax lawyers are making wealth tax declarations for their clients, even if those clients are exempt from wealth tax because they have not lived in France for five years, and it's their foreign overseas property that takes them over the threshold. They then claim a dispensation for non-French real estate, which means no tax is paid. None of them have ever been able to successfully explain to me why they take either the full declaration route or choose not to declare the existence of a foreign property until it becomes liable to impose a fortune immobilia. Generally, these days, more and more French accountants and tax lawyers are adopting a much more open relationship with the tax authorities than maybe their predecessors had in the past. Maybe the opinions of the old guard were different to the new breed coming through the ranks. More frequently these days, the approach is declare everything, then claim the allowances and exemptions. Previously, the approach was tell them what they need, legally need to know, nothing more. I suppose we shouldn't try to stand in the way of progress, but at times this new approach does feel like we're burying our souls and making ourselves very vulnerable. We also shouldn't forget we've moved a long way since Macron was elected back in 2017. In his first budget, he shifted wealth tax away from taxing our worldwide assets to applying wealth tax solely to property. Now, that was not so good news for those people whose wealth is mainly property based, but for most of us, that was a great development and financially very important over the past six years. You mentioned UK property. Could the UK tax threshold freezes impact our listeners? Um, not necessarily from a wealth tax perspective, but, but we shouldn't forget freezing taxes is not a strategy only used by the UK. France has not been behind the door with that tactic. Macron may have changed what the wealth tax is assessed against, but he hasn't changed the threshold or, or the banded tax rates that, that are payable once you exceed the threshold. EFE thresholds have been frozen since President Hollande tweaked them 10 years ago. And then that was only on top of what his predecessor, Nicolas Sarkozy, had established just 12 months earlier. 
the point when you pay well tax is still 1.3 million euros and if you trip over that line you will then pay EFE from 800,000 euros. The impact of threshold freezes Rishi Sunak who was then the UK's Chancellor Exchequer introduced in 2021 and they were starting to bear fruit. I think the fact that when he was handed the top job after the debacle that was Liz Truss's short period as Prime Minister he appointed Jeremy Hunt as his Chancellor and in Hunt's autumn statement he not only extended the freezes his boss previously introduced but he also started to cut thresholds. Hunt announced from this April so next month the UK capital gains tax funds will be cut from 12,300 to 6,000 and then from April 2024 it will get another haircut reducing the allowance down to just £3,000. This will certainly affect listeners who've retained UK real estate but decided that that property or properties going forward now need to be sold. Right now if you sell a UK property you will enjoy a tax free allowance of £12,300 and that is per person. So it's a married couple selling a property. £24,600 of realised gains will be exempt from UK capital gains tax if you haven't already used the allowance. Now, in 2024, the exempted amount will drastically, drastically reduce down to £6,000 for both people. So the impact of the UK tax freezes will be quite wide-ranging. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, Howard. But every year we listen to budgets and there are, there are usually headline-grabbing announcements. The duty on fags has been increased by 10p a packet and the extra revenue will be used to fund cancer treatment. Or the duty on beer and wine and spirits has been increased and that revenue will be pumped into new projects in the provinces. That's the most recent sort of thing they've been trying to do. These are all emotive headlines, but the real changes tend to be more subtle. One that is really starting to bite now is the announcement George Osborne. Does anyone remember him? <laughs> he made it in his budget speech back in 2015. He made a dramatic change to the capital gains tax rules. At the time, it didn't seem that dramatic because it was framed by the journalists as a tax being levied on non-resident millionaires who were buying up UK property to later sell at a profit without paying capital gains tax. Up until 2015, UK capital gains tax was only paid by UK residents. From 2015, UK capital gains tax is payable on gains realised from the sale of UK properties wherever the owner is resident. This change of rules is now starting to hit anyone who owns UK property but lives in France, and it's quite hard. This change has crept up on people, but it's now become more in focus because of all other more recent changes to the tax rates that are compounding the overseas resident CGT issue. I recently spoke to a couple who were concerned that the UK property is now liable to French wealth tax. During a is there anything we can do about it discussion, we monetise just how much the UK income tax freeze will impact their rental receipts. Now the reduction to CGT thresholds has raised the spectre that overseas residents could lose their personal allowance which will then immediately mean holding UK rental property for these people who just wouldn't be viable. The sting in the tail is if they now sell they will also get stung by Osborne's 2015 change. They won't pay CGT in France because of the French taper rules, but even though they are not UK residents, they will have a very hefty UK tax bill. I think that's called Catch-22, Howard. Good book, good book. Well, are these issues something you'll be discussing during this month's seminars? 
most most definitely haven't we we have advertised this year's seminars as so much to talk about because there is the seminars will focus on what has and is changing and on the fact that tax authorities have probably never been as creative in finding ways to tax as ever before tax authorities don't want to hit the headlines with dramatic tax attacks on both sides of the channel the press uh, truthfully are a little bit gullible they are manipulating to publishing news and headlines that advocate the fact that all the recent tax changes are hitting only the rich and the wealthy, robbing the rich to pay the poor. Everyone loves a good Robin Hood story. The truth is, our governments can't generate what they need from just hitting the perceived rich, so they have no choice. They have to hit everyone. This month's seminars will explain what has been announced, how and when they will be introduced, and what their impact will be if you ignore them. The seminars are not designed to scare people. What we'll be discussing are simply facts and the reality of the world we're all now living in. We have three seminars here in the Alpmarie team. On the 28th of March we're in Ayres, the 29th we're in Mondelu, and then on the 30th we're in Biot. The following week we have seminars in the Var and Provence, in Lagarde Freni and San Remy. And for those people living further afield, maybe listening to us online or via a podcast, before our roadshow gets local, we also have seminars over the next couple of weeks down towards the Spanish border in Narbonne, Paul and Biarritz, and up in the Alps in Annecy, Chamonix and Val d'Azur. So if you would like to book a place at any of our seminars, call our local office on 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Alternatively, you can find all the details about where and when our seminars are by visiting our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. It's a busy time. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Howard. Speak to you next week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. French tax, inheritance planning, investing, UK pensions and taxation. Questions, questions, questions. Fortunately, expert help is at hand. With answers to these key issues and so much more, don't miss the Blevins Franks Riviera seminars on the 28th, 29th or 30th of March. They're free to attend, but places are limited. Visit blevinsfranks.com today for information and to reserve your place or call 0493001780.